Welcome to this Mount Pleasant Baptist Church podcast recorded at our Burgoon campus. We're glad you've joined us and we pray that the Lord will speak to you and encourage you through this message. So uh, I, I brought uh, the uh, topic today, who is Jesus, is Jesus is supreme but boys and girls you got these great activity sheets so Mim sent me one this week and I thought that is so good in fact if I get bored during the talk I might come down and do one with you I think because it looks more fun to be honest but I don't want you to start them yet well if you've already started just stop for a bit and I want to ask everybody in the room who is your favorite superhero what superhero do you really like and why Okay, and I'm going to give you 90 seconds to do one of two things. Chat with mum and dad, grandma, granddad, the people around you. Chat about which superhero might be your favourite. Or, or sit quietly and pray for those who even know what a superhero is, right? Okay, 90 seconds off you go. Thank you. Thanks very much. Well done. It was about 50-50 talking and not talking. Uh, I think some, weren't, some were praying for me that I've started a message talking about superheroes. Well, here are some that Becca found for me. And, uh, and, and when I was a kid, we had Superman and Batman and we had uh, the Phantom, Ghost Who Walks, and we had the Hulk a bit later on, Wonder Woman, of course. But these days, superheroes are multiplying. They're breeding. They're coming from everywhere. We've got, we've got um, uh, Wolverine and the Iron Man and Thor and Ant-Man and the Wasp and Black Widow. It goes on and on and on. So here's another question. In all of those superheroes, is one supreme? Is one supreme among all the superheroes that you've named? And the answer is... In the superheroes in comics and movies, no, there's not. There isn't. I thought there might be. So I looked up a guy called Dr. Strange, who's the supreme sorcerer. But then I asked, who could defeat Dr. Strange on Google? And I got, listen to this, 148 million responses in 0.68 of a second. It's crazy. On other lists I found, Superman was one on some lists. He was number two on others. He was number three on others. And there was a bunch where he didn't get a Guernsey at all. So the answer is, well, I had two thoughts. One was, do these people realise? Because these articles about who could beat who, they go on for pages. I thought, do these people realise these people don't exist? What, you've got to get out more. You've got to get a life. What are you doing? But the second thing I realised is that there is no supreme superhero and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you put Superman because he doesn't exist. But Jesus is totally different. Radically, Jesus is an authentic historical figure who can be studied and investigated. And boys and girls, mums and dads, don't let anybody ever say to you, ah, oh, Bible, book of fables, absolute nonsense. Dr. John Dixon is a fellow of uh, ancient history at Macquarie University. He teaches at Sydney University and he has many times on social media issued a challenge. He has said there are thousands of professors of ancient history, classics and New Testament in the world. If you can get just one of them to say, at a fully accredited university, to say, Jesus Christ never lived, I will eat a page of my Bible. 
Now he said he, he bought a rice paper Bible just in case. But he never, he's many times issued the challenge, thousands of professors, not one of them has said, not all Christians by any means, not one of them has said, Jesus never lived. Who is Jesus? Well, do you know Jesus asked that question? He was in Caesarea Philippi and he said to his disciples, who do people say I am? Who is Jesus? Eugene Peterson says that with few exceptions, if people hear the full story of Jesus, the true facts of his crucifixion, his resurrection, his teaching, his miracles, his life, with few exceptions, they just know instinctively they are dealing with the most remarkable greatness. Remember last time I spoke to you, I'm sure you don't, but last time I spoke to you, I mentioned the research done by McCrindle and Nielsen, and I thought we'd have another look at it today. These are, this is about Aussies that are surveyed. 15% go to church at least once a month, but 49% said Jesus was the most important figure in history. 54% believe he rose from the dead and 75% believe he did miracles. Speaking of the most important figure in history, when we launched this series, Nick, our senior pastor, reminded us that Time magazine declared Jesus Christ the most significant character in history the most significant figure in history. And to do that, they ranked millions of traces of opinions and then they checked their results against a number of standards. It wasn't just a guess. See, Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say I am? Who do people say I am? But he had a follow-up question. He said, who do you say I am? Who do you see? The answer to the first, what time thinks of Jesus or what McCrindle think of Jesus or people think of Jesus according to them, that's interesting. But the answer to the second question, who do you think Jesus is, can be life transforming. And when Jesus asked that question, Peter has a, sh a shaft of inspiration from the Holy Spirit. He sees who Jesus really is. And he says, you're the, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Yeah, you're the Messiah. Jesus, Messiah, son of the living God. Jesus has, boys and girls, he has lots and lots of names other than Jesus. In fact, way back in 1737, I reckon it was. Yeah, it was. And not even I was alive then. In 1737, Cruden in, their, Cruden in his concordance listed 198 names of Jesus with a scripture verse for each one I'm going to give you another 90 seconds and what I'd love you to do is to chat and I think everyone can join in on this if you're comfortable and know the people around you what titles of Jesus do you know apart from Jesus Messiah and Son of God what are some other titles of Jesus maybe some of the ones you love especially off you go to 90 seconds what titles of Jesus do you know here are some of the titles of Jesus, and I wonder if the ones you talked about were there. I kind of try to make it look like a Christmas tree. And of course, Jesus at the top, but at the bottom you see God because every title of Jesus grows from the fact that he is God. And apart from the ones that, that you can see up there as you read them through, he's also known as the resurrection, the good shepherd, 
the true vine, the mighty God, the Alpha and Omega, the rock, the fortress, the advocate, the bridegroom, the chief cornerstone, Emmanuel, God with us, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the prince of peace, the holy one, the redeemer, the risen Lord, our wonderful counselor, and on and on and on and on. If you see the word supreme creator in red there, that's because that aspect of Jesus is significant in our reading today. It's Colossians chapter 1, and if you've got your Bibles with, us, with you, you might like to look at it. And if you've got an NIV translation, you'll find a heading, the supremacy of the Son of God. Jesus is supreme. If you don't have your Bibles in any form with you, well, it'll come up on the screen, so let's read it together. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things have been created in him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross." There's so much there, amen, Trish. There's so much there, so much. We could do a series on that passage easily. We have his relationship to his father, his relationship to his creation, and his relationship to his church. His relationship to his father, he is the exact living image of the invisible God. In the message, it goes this way. We look at this son, and when we look at the son, we see the God who can't be seen. If you've ever asked, how can we know there's a God? How can we know there's a God? You can't see him, you can't hear him. You're not the first to ask that question. Philip, the disciple, asked that. Philip said to Jesus, well, just show us the Father and we'll be content. Jesus said to him, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen God. So the question isn't, how can we see God? The question becomes, is Jesus, God. Alpha, our course for those who like to work through these questions and sort out what the Bible really says, Alpha focuses totally on Jesus because the whole thing stands or falls on him. Is Jesus God? Time for somebody's medication. Is Jesus God? Okay, well, let's look at just some of the things we see about Jesus in this passage. He is the exact living image of the invisible God. All God's perfection, powers and attributes dwell permanently in him. He existed before all things. He is the preeminent sovereign creator of all creation. He's the controlling, cohesive force of the universe. He reconciles all things to God by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. He's the beginning the firstborn from the dead. He's the head, the life source, the leader of his body, the church. Just before we press on, can I say, if you're in pain, in confusion, in anxiety as we approach this Christmas, if you're unsure, if you feel that it's all a bit dark, 
Just focusing on Jesus makes an enormous difference. Just pray through this passage. Pray through that, Lord, in my anxiety, you're my Prince of Peace. In my uncertainty, you're the way. In my feeling alone, you're actually the great shepherd who holds me close to your heart. Makes a difference. What about his relationship to his created universe? Well, the universe is massive. Boys and girls, do you know how big the universe is? No, exactly. Neither does anybody else. The universe that is, is probably, could be infinite, but certainly we don't know how big it is. But the observable universe, the universe we've been able to see with our Earth and space satellites, say you were a superhero and you had the, your, your superpower was you could travel at the speed of light, 300,000 kilometres a second. If you started from one side of what we can see and went to the other side at 300,000 miles every second, you'd be travelling for 93 billion years. 93 billion years. But I find it really amazing and spiritually exciting to do exactly the opposite. Go to the universe that's massively, unbelievably tiny, a tiny little universe. And in fact, there's a T-shirt of mine I'd like you to see. Thanks, Em. It's one of my favourite T-shirts. There it is on the right. I was going to bring it today, but I'm old and I forgot it. It's, it's, a, it's an official CERN T-shirt. And I got it. Our son Brett's wife, Karen, our new daughter, Karen, her cousin spent Christmas with us one year and he works at CERN and he gave me that T-shirt for Christmas. What is CERN, you ask? I'm glad you did. It is the European Council for Nuclear Research. Hang on, that's E-C-N-R. Why is it C-E-R-N? Well, because this huge laboratory is right next to Geneva and they speak French as a first language there. So it's actually the Conseil Européen pour la Recherche Nucléaire. Pardon my French, as they say. <laughs> I asked Nils lots of questions and I understood at least 10% of what he told me. He told me about the Large Hadron Collider and the Super Proton Synchrotron. And, but from the 10% I understood, I was so excited spiritually. Let me tell you why. With apologies to any scientist present, here's Maybury's super simple version. All stuff is made up of atoms. The seat you're, seat you're sitting on, uh, this lectern, this star, it's all made up of atoms. And inside every atom, there's a nucleus with electrons revolving or spinning around it. Now, inside the nucleus inside the atom, there are protons. And inside the protons are quarks, or the protons are made up of quarks. That's about 2% of them. And stuff, they're called gluons. Now, a gluon appears and disappears in a ridiculously tiny fraction of a second. In fact, one of the scientists said it's like an unending lightning storm in a bottle. But how big is the bottle that lightning storm is happening in? Well, that bottle would be, it would, it would be point zero 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 two five millimetres. That's tiny. And inside this tiny unending lightning storm, well, let me first of all explain the other picture. See that yellow line that's swinging around? That actually marks the path of a 27-kilometre tunnel. That It's a circle, and it's 90 metres underground. And they use magnets to accelerate tiny little particles to 99.9% .9 of the speed of light, and then they smash them into things. 
And that's to create a fireball that's, that can melt protons and neurons. It's interesting because one scientist says, you could think of these fireballs as the flash of light the universe emitted when all its protons were born. Hello. And God said, light be. Vumph. That excites me. I think, oh yeah, well done God. But wait, there's more. Another scientist said the more we learn about gluons, the more the universe seems to be made of nothing at all. And the best one, I've saved the best till last. Frank, uh, Frank Wilczek is one of the big wigs of this area of physics. And he says this, if you really study the equations, it gets almost mystical in this tiniest part of the universe. And our reading says, he holds it all together. In him, all things hold together. Peterson puts it, he holds it all together right up to this moment. See, he's intimately involved in his creation. But he far more wants to be intimately involved with you boys and girls, and you mums and dads, and you grandparents. He wants to be so much more involved with you. His relationship to his church. In this passage, Paul tells us three things about creation. The first one was, all things, all things are created in him. Tick, yeah, we talk about that a lot, don't we? All things were created in him and all things were created through him. But the third one, I don't hear so much about that in talks. The why of, why is creation? Why was creation at all? Creation was for him, for him. Why does the universe exist? For Jesus. Why does everything in heaven and on earth exist? For Jesus. The, the message puts it, everything finds its purpose in him. So whether you agree or not, and whether you like it or not, your purpose is only in him. And you won't find it anywhere else. Our culture already knows this, that our purpose is only in him and we don't find it anywhere else. The older people today might remember the Peggy Lee song, Is That All There Is? Is that all there is to a circus, to a fire, to love, to life itself? Is that all there is? Or the YouTube song, the Bono U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And that song says, I believe in the kingdom come. I believe you carried the cross of my shame. I believe that, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So we can say our destiny is in Jesus. We can agree that our destiny is in Jesus, but it doesn't change us. Some of you may be coming and going Sunday by Sunday and agreeing with all you hear, and we're so glad you come but not experiencing a transformation that Jesus so wants to give you. So wants to give you. Agreeing, but not being transformed. As I prepared, prayed and prepared, I was drawn to the stories of two people, two young people as it happens. The first, one day Jake Brattenbach, our head of college, came up to me and told me about his daughter Yana and how the song You Say had helped her. It's because both our boys were involved in the creation of that song and, and the CD that it's on, the album that it's on. 
One line in the song says this, the only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you I find my worth, in you I find my identity. Now, his daughter Yana has faced challenges since she was born and she was told just as her search for identity, just at that age where your search for identity is really maximizing, she was told that she had some DNA missing. Now, I really wanted you to hear her story and I'm so glad she bravely agreed to that. My name is Jana Breitbach and I will turn 16 in February. Since birth, I had many challenges in my life. I was born in the cleft, could not speak till I was five, hearing loss, expressive language disorder, many learning difficulties, struggled to make friends and severe anxiety, to name a few. In April 2019, it was discovered that I had 22Q11.2 deletion syndrome, a genetic disorder which means that I was born with DNA missing in one of my 22nd chromosomes. That explained a lot. But after the diagnosis, I became very depressed as I've always wanted to be normal, but then felt that I would never be able to. As a typical teenager, I was also going through the process of finding my identity. Easter weekend 2020, I recommitted my life to Jesus and found my identity in him. I can honestly say that changed my entire life. He healed me of my depression and severe anxiety and he still helped me daily to be resilient and overcome my challenges at school and in life. Recently, I did a presentation in my English class where we needed to use a poem, a story, or a song to explain identity and belonging. I used Lauren Daigle's song, You Say, because it perfectly summarizes what I went through before and who I am in Christ. What really matters in life is not what your friends, your DNA, or the world say, but what God says. What God says about me is what I believe. Wow. Wow. Wow, huh? Yeah, indeed. What really matters in life is not what your friends, your DNA, or the world says, but what God says. What God says about me is what I believe. I'm not sure I could have stood in front of my year 10 class at 15 and said that. Not sure I could have done that. And then she says, you say perfectly summarizes who I am in Christ. So let me share the words, some of them. See if you relate to this. Maybe this will speak to you. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. Do you need him to remind you this morning who you are? You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I'm weak. And you say I am held when I'm falling short. And when I don't belong, you say I am yours and I believe what you say of me. You can choose to believe your mind and your emotions or you can choose to believe the one who gave his life for you. It's your choice. Yana says, Jesus still helps me daily be resilient and overcome my challenges at school and in life. The challenges are still there, but so is Jesus. 
even when you're completely unaware of that fact. No sense of that at all. The second story is of a young man who was surrounded by challenges. Well, he was a young man in the 1970s, late 70s, when we were working with homeless young people. Uh, One day he came up to me and just said, I made you something, and handed me a belt. Obviously put a lot, beautiful belt, put a lot of work into it. Now I was really moved and I wore the belt for ages, of course, but the thing that stopped me in my tracks as well was this kid had challenges you couldn't climb over. So how did he find the focus on me? How did he find the time and the heart and it would have taken him a long time to make this thing for me? Well, the reason that he could was it was captured in the words he chose to inscribe on the belt. My son Paul loved the belt, loved the story, and one day said to me, can I have the belt, Dad? And I thought, yeah, you can, of course. And so I can show you the belt today because it was used on the cover of Covered, the second CD that the Jive Express ever put out, a music ministry that was born in this church. So I'll show it to you now. There it is. The Jive Express Covered. Can you see what he put on the belt? Jesus is Lord. This kid knew nothing. He'd never been in churches. He didn't know, he wouldn't have known generation from revolution in the Bible. He had no idea. His mate was the guy that said to me, or one of the kids at the same time, oh, I like the book of Splasms, but I can't get into job. They're not so fun. Not fun. They, they had no background. So this kid with many problems and no background knew Jesus is Lord. And I have to say, do I know that like he knew it with all of my background and all of my journey? Do I know that Jesus is supreme? Yes, Jesus is supreme, but is he supreme in me? Because until he is, there's no transformation. Keller says that there's only two ways we approach God if we approach God. One, God is the end. Or two, God is the means to some other end that I want. And if we take that approach and we don't get what we want, we can say, well, it doesn't work, God. I prayed and you didn't give me what I wanted. And his response would be, but I will give you me. And if you seek me, all the things you need will be given as well. God didn't reach these young people and anyone he reaches with a finger of condemnation with a probing, you know what's wrong with you? Of course you know what's wrong with you. He reached them with the wide open arms and heart of a shepherd. I want to share some, quite a quite long quote, but it's really important with, from Rob Rayner in a book called Soul Care that Nick shared with us in our team prayer day this week. Rayner says this, God addresses the issues of the heart in the, in the context of relationship. It's relationship with the Father that he, sorry, it's relationship that he's after. It's relationship for which he paid the price of his blood. He paid his, he gave his life for you because he wants to be with you. It's relationship that heals our soul. It's relationship that forms Christ in you. He doesn't want you to behave He wants you to love him. And when you love him with all your heart, 
and your heart is healed, redeemed and formed in his loving presence, your behaviours will come around too. He's not condoning sin, of course. He's saying, he has to have my heart. I have to, I have to see his love. I have to experience his love. And then, as the message puts it, all the broken, dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animal and atoms, they all get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. I think this morning, our communion service gives us all a chance to say a fresh and a new let me really discover that you are Lord. Let me really discover in me you are supreme. And if you're supreme in me, I'm safe and well. It is well with my soul. I'm going to ask the worship team to return. Uh, we're going to take communion together. Now, boys and girls and mums and dads and grandparents, uh, our, our church approach is that we love to include the children in this as you see fit. So if we put that in, in uh, we give that responsibility, we acknowledge that it is the responsibility of you as parents and grandparents. So to the, to the, way, to the extent that you're comfortable to include the boys and girls, then they're very welcome to join us. At the Last Supper, Jesus took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. And his body was broken, so you don't have to be broken anymore. As that young homeless kid discovered, Jesus was Lord over every challenge he faced, even though they didn't go away. A body broken, so you don't have to be broken anymore. All because of his blood, our reading said, that poured down from the cross. The old hymn says, Did e'er such love and sorrow meet? See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. And because of the blood of Jesus, you're free. Because Jesus is supreme. So just in your own time, be with God for a moment or two. We have a moment or two. We're not going to rush this. Jesus wants you to, to discover him as these young people did. And for those of you who had that experience once, how long ago, he wants you back. The Father wants his family back. Here's a chance to come back. Just take the elements and sit with him at your own time in your own way. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear from you. If you would like prayer, please submit a prayer request at mounties.org.au forward slash prayer or send an email to communications at mounties.org.au and one of our team will be in contact. Have a great week.